Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. Cryptocurrency markets have been in absolute freefall since Friday. The weekend has been brutal. The question on everyone's mind is, number one, why did this happen? Number two, is it going to continue like this? Please know. At the end of today's call, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened on Friday and why it's caused so much damage for Bitcoin in the crypto markets over the weekend. I'm also going to look ahead at what is likely to materialize in the future and most importantly, how we can prepare ourselves for future crypto price action. Before we get to that point in the call though, we're just going to get up to speed with what's happening in the markets. That means we're going to open up the BTC, ETH and altcoin charts together and we're going to look at the top three headlines in the news. Then at the end of the call, we're going to deep dive into exactly what is happening with the crypto markets now and whether it's going to continue. Opening up the five day BTC chart, we see a very interesting story here. We see Bitcoin very much clinging to that 20k level over much of the weekend, but falling below the level around about late Sunday. The largest cryptocurrency by market cap is currently trading around about the 19.8k level. As discussed at the end of the call, we're going to look at why BTC was crabbish pretty much all of last week and then saw that big dive on Friday, which has led to further negative price action over the weekend as well. The Ethereum five-day chart tells us a very similar story. Clearly, the event that we're going to talk about at the end of this call has been very powerful enough to impact BTC ETH in the same way. With the upcoming merge, it's always important when we talk about ETH to get a little bit of an update on how investors are feeling in the run-up to the merge. Taking unhedged or hedged directional bets on an asset's price is seen by some as the most exciting trading strategy in financial markets, and Ether traders have been doing exactly that ahead of the impending upgrade, known as the merge, of the cryptocurrency parents blockchain Ethereum. Institutions seem to be adopting an options trading strategy called a long strangle which is indifferent to the direction in which the cryptocurrency moves and instead aims to make a profit from the degree of price turbulence or volatility. In the markets, be that crypto or legacy or whatever, you don't necessarily need upward or downward price action in one particular direction to do well or make a profit. In fact, all you really need is volatility and the right instrument. Fortunately, the derivatives markets are full of all sorts of instruments that you can imagine that allow you to make a profit potentially from any type of price action. One such derivative or instrument is called a strangle. A strangle is an option strategy in which the investor holds a position in both a call and a put option with different strike prices, but with the same expiration date and the underlying asset. A strangle is a good strategy if you think the underlying security will experience a large price movement in the future, but importantly, you are unsure of the direction. So you take a more bearish and bullish bet simultaneously. This means at the moment, investors are a little bit unsure what's going to happen around the merge. The assumption is that the price will swing sharply, but it's not clear in what direction. 
Now, in terms of the altcoin markets, we've seen a slight recovery from the levels that were experienced on Saturday, with a lot of the major altcoins green on the 24-hour, but overall the weekend has been pretty disastrous, and with BTC under 20k for the moment, it will be quite difficult for altcoins to run or pump. So now that we are up to speed with the charts, we'll move on to the top three headlines until we see exactly what has been causing BTC so much pain. Top headline one is looking at Labor Day events. This year, Labor Day marks more than just the end of wearing white. Responses to US President Joe Biden's executive order on cryptocurrency are due just after the federal holiday. Responses which will have implications on the future of regulation in the United States are expected from the Treasury and Justice Departments. In total, seven reports from agencies are due to the White House on the September the 5th deadline. The executive order focused on the need for interagency cooperation and will reveal much about the path of future regulatory measures. The Treasury will offer comment on a CBDC while cooperating with the Federal Reserve. The Office of Science and Technology will report a technical analysis of the difficulty and likelihood of CBDC implementation. The Commerce Department will provide a framework for enhancing United States' economic competitiveness in digital asset technologies. And finally, the Justice Department will describe the role of law enforcement agencies in, quote, detecting, investigating, and prosecuting criminal activity related to digital assets. We've recently seen considerable volatility on the heels of information coming from the Fed and continue to experience the aftermath of CPI releases and interest rate hikes and speeches. In the context of all of this, the reports might next week have similar effects on market movements. However, they might not be to the same scale as the speeches and data points we've had recently, which have been really significant for the overall economies of the world. Our next headline takes a look at Cardano. Cardano has been all over the news recently for a lot of technical reasons, uh, for a lot of uh, announcements and speeches coming in through their developers and their technical team. But maybe we've lost sight of some of the fundamental factors at play for Cardano. So this next update aims to change that. Many crypto critics have pointed out that energy consumption is something holding crypto back. According to Cardano Daily, although, it appears Cardano is more energy efficient than PayPal, YouTube, and Netflix. The tweet shows Cardano, a proof-of-stake blockchain, is more energy efficient than BTC and gold mining. The difference between proof-of-work and proof-of-stake blockchain networks in terms of energy is almost impossible to ignore. After comparing energy consumption, Cardano is technically 69,270 times more efficient than Bitcoin. CEO Hoskinson has said, quote, the advantage of proof of stake is that because you don't have huge overhead and energy expenditure for deciding who gets to make a block, it means you can put all of your magic in the other two stages. With more people possibly heading toward the Cardano community, it will be important to keep in mind that the Euro wallet tweeted that they have only started to update their servers in preparation for the Vassal hard fork. This may equate to a slightly slower user experience, at least in the short term. However, in the more medium to long term, it is certainly very beneficial to see a altcoin or cryptocurrency that is more environmentally friendly. Now, it wasn't all dreadful news for the cryptocurrency markets over the weekend. MTV's Video Music Awards, or the VMAs, ventured boldly into the metaverse on Sunday evening, with the performance from rappers Eminem and Snoop Dogg beamed from Yuga Labs's game Other Side. With the Board 8 Yacht Club's virtual land as the main setting of the video, the pair's journey into the metaverse begins after they smoke a comically oversized spliff. 
Not that any of us know what that is. The performance features some choices acting from the rappers who fall down a swirling multicolored vortex and morph into the bored apes they own. There are also cameos from Kodas, the mysterious creatures created by Yuga that live in the other side. The pair have previous form for engaging in Yuga Labs' productions. Having performed at ApeFest earlier this year, the in-person event designed to bring holders of Board 8 Yacht Club NFTs together. They launched the track called From the D to the LBC earlier this year with an animated video featuring Board Apes. This is a huge step or integration with regards to NFTs, Bored Apes metaverse into popular culture. Just imagine how many celebrities and high profiles would have been watching this exact event and will then probably go and create similar projects or trends to try and stay relevant in a constantly evolving and growing society and generation. Right, so this brings us to the part in the video where we are going to discuss why Bitcoin crashed on the weekend and specifically on Friday. Crypto market and equity markets were crabbish or sort of stuck in a very tight trading range in the run up to Friday because every investor out there was worried about the Jackson Hole Symposium happening on Friday and specifically the speech that Jerome Powell was going to give on Friday. Clearly, that speech was not well received by the markets, particularly not by Bitcoin. Speeches by US central bank chairs receive more scrutiny than any others by public officials, except maybe for US presidential addresses. They also draw some of the strongest reactions by analysts, investors, and others who make a living observing monetary policy and the economy. Even by these standards, Jerome Powell's remarks at the Fed Economic Symposium on Friday drew particular attention, coming amid a flood of often confounding economic indicators, including July's decline in the CPI, suggesting that inflation, which reached a 40-year high the previous month, was waning. Jerome Powell's speech on Friday pretty much dashed or destroyed hopes as he cautioned against premature policy loosening. The full speech is available at the Federal Reserve website, and we're going to take a few quotes to see exactly how damaging his statements were. Everyone was listening to the speech for clues that inflation was under control and aggressive hikes were going to stop. Here's what actually happened. Quote, restoring price stability will take some time. In other words, we've not achieved it yet and requires using tools forcefully, not what anyone wants to hear, to bring demand and supply into better balance, suggesting we don't currently have a balance. While higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring inflation down, they will also bring some pain to households and businesses. These are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation, but a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain. In other words, the idea is that interest rates will continue to be hiked, even if this causes damage to the economy because it is necessary and needed at the moment. It's rare to see a speech that so directly addresses and crushes people's optimism. Another quote here. Restoring price stability will likely require maintaining a restrictive policy stance for some time. The historical record cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy. In other words, if anyone was hopeful that the CPI results meant that hikes were over, you're wrong, it's too soon. If you were watching this call live, 
you would have seen quite literally that every time Jerome Powell made a statement like that, like the ones we've just read together, we saw prices take a big hit. He was saying exactly what we didn't want him to say about the markets, about interest rate hikes, and it is unsurprising that markets have reacted this way. Cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin are risk on assets. People are more likely to purchase them when they feel comfortable about taking risk in the economy. An economy that is struggling to combat inflation, that is making aggressive interest rate hikes, that is preparing for, quote, pain, is not an environment or market where investors are going to want to take big risks. And therefore, it's not the environment that's going to create buy pressure for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. The speech is so crystal clear in its intentions that a lot of the interpretations of the speech agree on the overall message. Couple of quotes here. They don't want to be remembered as a central bank that missed inflation or even spurred higher inflation. The process won't be painless, and I think he's being more upfront about that. The likelihood of recession is rising because that's the solution to the inflation problem. That's what they're telling you. Powell is not budging on having restrictive policy, and that should mean the economy will steadily weaken going forward. Powell is clearly stating that right now, fighting inflation is more important than supporting growth. The relationship between inflation and unemployment is explained in basic economics in the Phillips curve. The theory claims that economic growth comes with inflation, which in turn should lead to more jobs and less unemployment. So in order to reduce inflation, you have to see less economic growth. And if you reduce inflation too quickly, you might see very accelerated economic decline, such as a recession. To put this into numbers or estimates, apparently 1% fall in inflation costs you a 1% fall in output, which usually means a 3% rise in the unemployment rate. So if rich nations are trying to bring inflation down by numbers such as 6%, then the current employment rate would rise and a recession would clearly follow. So where does all of this lead us and what is likely to follow? What is certainly very clear from what we have seen is that fundamental analysis allows us to identify big events that are coming up in the future and helps us to anticipate how the markets might react. For example, if you were listening to these analyst calls, you would have known all of last week to expect crabbish conditions in the run-up to the Friday meeting, and you would have known that a hawkish stance from Jerome Powell would have led to prices declining as they have. Now, the next big event that we have coming up is undoubtedly the September 21st FOMC meeting. Everyone will be watching this meeting to get an indication of whether a 50 or 75 basis point hike is going to happen, where of course a 75 basis point hike is a lot more aggressive. That scenario is currently priced in at almost 70%. Before Friday, it was 50%. So you can see just how much this speech has impacted everything in the markets. So, will this probability change in the run-up to the meeting? Thankfully, Jerome Powell has literally given us the answer. Our decision at the September meeting will depend on the totality of incoming data and the evolving outlook. So the best clues will be upcoming economic data points, which is what we will monitor on these calls. These calls are 10-minute, no BS daily updates delivered to you by me, Kim, from Market Meditations. I spend five or six hours researching the markets, researching upcoming events and how they're going to impact the crypto markets so that you don't have to. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening.